0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today.
1: Let's go back out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline Hayden Grove. Multi-talented Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com joins us now. Uh Hayden, good afternoon to you.
0: Good afternoon, double A. How are we doing?
1: I'm I I was fine. And then, um I I thought at this time at one o'clock, Sunday, April 30th. Uh, the Cavaliers will be playing basketball, but I see two different teams um, playing instead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we got the Knicks and the Heat. Uh, It's going to be another bloodbath of a series, and I think probably Miami's got a little more in the tank in terms of, you know, toughness and tenacity and all that good stuff. So that should be a great series. I mean, I think it's going to go back and forth, and either team could really come away with it. But I think New York proved that Cleveland does not have enough toughness uh, to to be playing today.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about the toughness here, Hayden. What... What exactly happened with the with the lack of toughness, the office of rebounds that was given up in multiple games uh, by the Knicks? What exactly went wrong? Uh, just overall as a team, and then we'll get to the front court in just a second. Just with the team, what went wrong as far as the toughness aspect?
0: Well, I mean, again, I think that they just weren't ready for what the Knicks, you know, they kind of talked all year about their junkyard dog mentality and how they have this kind of thing that they love to uh, – Love to you know get dirty and, and get nasty, but then they didn't show it. They 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 talked it, but they didn't show it. They play good defense, and that's fine. But there's a difference between playing good defense and and being a tough team and and fighting for rebounds and fighting for loose balls and and you know pushing and pulling and doing all that stuff. I mean, again, not to be dirty, I don't think the Knicks were dirty in any in any regard. But man, I mean, you know Mitchell Robinson used his body and got up into guys and and. Same with Julius Randall. Same with Jalen Brunson. And you saw Jared Allen in that series. He wasn't getting into anybody's body. He wasn't, you know. You watched him kind of just. If you go back and watch the replays, just, just watch him. Watch him kind of shy away from contact. Watch him shy away from um, from getting into guys uh, that were coming to the rim. I mean, it was just it was just a complete and total failure failure by the big guys on Cleveland. To, uh, you know, put bodies on guys and really try to out-tough them. And uh, I think that was the big part of it. You know, I think Donovan Mitchell is a tough player. I think that Darius Garland, as I apologize with this. uh, Yeah, hey, what's going going
1: on back there,
0: man? (laughs) No, I don't know. The ambulance coming through, uh, carrying the Cavaliers away after getting beat up by the uh, Knicks, I guess. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was. It was a. It was Again, just they don't have the physical size, and that just kind of led to everything being about you know toughness, and the Cavaliers don't have it.
1: So with Mobley and Jared Allen in particular, it was a clear struggle all series long with the front court. Now, what what exactly happened with Mobley and Allen and not being able to exactly do? Any, like, finesse things that they've been able to do all year long? What changed between their performance in the regular season and the series against the Knicks?
0: Do you have my honest opinion? Always. Fear. I think they were scared. I-, I think they were scared to go in the lane. I think they were scared to body against guys that were a lot bigger than them. I think Jared Allen didn't want to go at a guy like Mitchell Robinson because he knew he would get shoved around. I think Evan Mobley, the same thing. He knew that if he went at, at, at Mitchell Robinson or went at Julius Randle, they would get, you know, bodied up and shoved around. I think he, I think Mitchell Robinson was exactly right. You know, when he said what he said, I don't think it was disrespectful. I mean, maybe a little bit disrespectful, but I think it was the honest God truth. You know, they were shaking in their boots. They were kind of afraid to go to the paint because Mitchell does have so much size on them. So uh, the, the question is, can Julie, can Evan Mobley and Jared Allen work? I mean, that was a question. That really wasn't a question before this series because they played really well together in the regular season, but now, it's a matter of, okay, you're playing against Joel Embiid. You're playing against, um, apparently, Mitchell Robinson. You're playing against Brooke Lopez. I mean, you're playing against these guys that have a lot of size in the Eastern Conference, and what do you got? You don't have size. So I don't know if the Jared Allen experiment is going to work. Obviously, Evan Mobley would be the guy they keep around. Um, he's, got, like, he's got finesse, but he's also young, and he's going to grow, and he's going to you know, continue to mature physically. And so, again, it's, it's a matter of can those guys find it within themselves to get bigger, to get stronger, and maybe even to get mentally tougher as we move forward here.
1: Yeah, and you just hope at this point. I, I, what, what do you? I don't like Hayden. I'm I'm trying to give this organization a, a benefit of the doubt. Like it's the first playoff run. I just don't like the response all year long in this series. As far as like, well, we're disappointed, but. We're happy we won fifty-one game. We're happy we got the experience. Like it'll be one thing if you played at your best and you played with maximum effort, uh, but none of that happened. I guess how? What do you think of Altman's comments? And then how can this team kind of bounce back from this series?
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have. I don't really have a problem with what Kobe said because I think it's true. They do have things to be proud of. They did play well in the regular season, but also they have to know that things got to get better and got to get better quickly. And, you know, maybe, you know, they can be proud of this year and what they accomplished and they can be proud of the way they played out, up, up until the postseason. But that's that's not to say that things don't have to change. And I think that the mentality right now is that they have to get tougher um, and they have to, and it's, it's on the players. I think that's basically what Kobe was saying, that it's on the players to get to, to, to work on themselves. You know, we like our group. We just have to get the most out of them. So it's it's not so much again. I, I think Kobe's right in that you don't have to overreact and like tear up the whole roster and tear the thing down to the you know to the studs. But at the same time, you know they do these guys do have to have put work in. They have to figure out a way to get mentally tougher, to get physically tougher because right now it obviously isn't good enough. So again, I, I, it's it's Jared Allen. The onus is on you to put on some weight. Evan Mobley. The onus is on you to put on some weight. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, also, the onus is on them to get mentally tougher and to not be fear, fearful of a guy that's maybe a little bit bigger than them. So, again, I think those two were really the, the problem in the series. But and Darius Garland, you know, he he struggled at times and, and, you know, had a good moment in game two. So it's on him to get better as well. So it's kind of a mixture of both. I kind of feel exactly what you're feeling, Anthony, but I don't necessarily think that they need to tear this thing down.
1: Yeah, we'll see how they move forward going from here. Uh, Hayden Grove, com. Uh, joining us, we're going to get into a conversation uh, with our audience in about ten minutes about Giannis and what he had to say about. We was asked about was a season of failure. Uh, what did you think when you heard those comments from um, Giannis?
0: So actually, I've seen. I just haven't listened to the video yet, so I don't exactly know exactly what he said. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I kind of get the gist. That he said, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, won six finals every one of these seasons. But at the same time, these guys, none. in reality, if we're looking at this through the lens of, you know, of human, being a human being, these, none of these guys are failures. I mean, they make millions of dollars playing a game they love. They work really hard at it. I mean, they're not failures by any stretch. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't think you can look at any season as a failure if you're looking at it through that lens. But if you're looking at it through the lens of the Brooklyn, of the, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, a team that was expected to get back to the finals, you lose a series to the, to the Miami Heat. I mean, yeah, that's a big failure. I mean, that's a failure of something. It's a failure to perform. It's a failure to live up to expectation. It's a failure to, um, to your own expectations of yourself. So I, I think if I, when I go back and listen to actually what Giannis said, I would have a better idea of it. But I think it's just a matter of the lens that you that you view it from. Because yes, it's it's a it's a failure if you look at it through one lens. One lens, but if it's it's totally not if you view it through another lens.
1: Definitely, we we'll, we'll play the full clip coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Self plug uh, for later in the show. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, about the Browns draft, we'll get to the crowded receiver room in a second. But I thought of you, Hayden, uh, coming from Ohio State. When I saw some draft picks. ...for the Browns from Ohio State. Who said the Browns don't pick up Ohio State players?
0: Yeah, I mean, first time in a long time, right? I mean, first time they've drafted two Buckeyes in the same draft since they won a championship in 1960, or the year after they won a championship in 1965. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe this is what it, it's... You know, I'm not a believer that, like, you have to go to Ohio State and play for the Browns. I mean, you know, whatever it is. What it is. But it is, again, it, it's it's more pointing to Ohio State is. Is really you know producing some legit talent, and they always have. And for whatever reason, the Browns have gone in different directions. But now, I mean, again, Ohio State's a top three program in America, and uh, and they're proving it by getting the amount of guys that get drafted. Now the Browns are starting to see, okay, you know they're 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 taking some or they're you know producing guys out there, and we're right next door, so we have better access to them. We can see them more, we can see them closer. Um, Why not draft these guys that are you know legit talent? So I mean, it's a great thing. And then they pick up uh, Jordan. uh, Excuse me, not Jordan pick up uh, Ronnie Hickman, and then they pick up Tanner McAllister. So, again, good opportunity for some Buckeyes. I mean, they have more Buckeyes on the roster than any other school right now. So, um, we'll see if it works. Again, these guys, Ohio State's a very talented program, and w- why not the Browns to uh, to pick up on that talent?
1: Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. He was the first pick uh, for the Browns, pick number 74 um, in the third round. But we've got him, and you mentioned it on your Twitter – uh, Hayden, that all of a sudden now uh, this wide receiver room is start not it's crowded. It is very crowded right now. Did you like the approach of Andrew Berry going after the receiver with this draft pick? And how are they going to deal with a crowded wide receiver room?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I think it's a great thing. I really do. I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think. The more crowded you have, the more crowded of a room you have, the more depth you have, the more guys are going to have to fight for spots, the more guys are going to have to earn spots. So, I mean, a guy like Anthony Schwartz who has been horrible, honestly, I feel horrible for him. I know I get what he's going through mentally, and I know how tough that is. But, it, you know, on the field, he's not been good. So, you know, it's, he's got to prove it. He's got to prove that he deserves a spot. And same with um, same with the, the rest of the gang. I mean, I think Cedric Tillman is pretty much a guarantee to make this roster, given that he's a you know their third-round pick and their first pick in this draft. So, you know, that's another spot out the window. Then you add Elijah Moore, then you add you know, Jakeem Grant, then you add Marquise Goodwin, and, I mean, these guys at the bottom of the roster, they're going to have to prove it if they want it. If Anthony Schwartz wants a spot in this roster, he's going to have to prove it. So, I love the depth that they have. I love the fact that there's a lot of guys that are going to have to battle it out. You know, the days of just guys having spots are probably over, which is great. So, um, yeah, I think Cedric Tillman, I love his size. I think the Browns need to get bigger in the receiver room because Elijah Moore is not overly big. And Amari Cooper is pretty big, which is nice. But, again, I, I love the size. I, I think that that's something they've desperately been missing over the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see what Cedric Tillman can do.
1: Hayden, I'll leave you with this here. HaydenGroveCleaver.com uh, hey joining us here. Anthony Alford with you. Uh, so you have all these receivers. They're loaded in here. So, obviously, it's important. As far as how well they can work with Deshaun Watson's style of play, how important was that? That led into this pick, and just overall, with what Kevin Stefanski and the Browns are looking for for this offense this season.
0: Well, I think that's kind of a problem actually, because I think I think Kevin Stefanski's offense, from what I have seen, from what I've heard, from what I understand, is a very structured offense. Right? I think ball's got to be out at the right time, at the right spot, at the at the exact moment that it needs to be out, and. I mean, I'm, I, I think Deshaun Watson can do that. Um, I think he's able to get the ball out and accurately into the spot that it needs to go. But at the same time, he also makes plays with his feet. That's what he does. He's a great playmaker. He moves around the he moves around the pocket, avoids tackles, and guys got to be able to, to adjust. So they, they have to balance this kind of structured offense that Kevin Stefanski runs. With that unstructured offense that, that Deshaun Watson thrives it. so I, I, I don't know if it has mu- as much to do with receivers as it does necessarily with you know Deshaun's ability to make plays and and you know Kevin Stefanski's offense kind of allowing him to create as opposed to just you know being structured in and locked into the system.
1: Do you think that will be a conflict of interest between Stefanski and
0: Deshaun? I mean, personally, I I, I will give Kevin Stefanski the benefit of the doubt. I tend to think it's not going to work. I've said that publicly, um, and I still believe that. But I am willing to see uh, because, again, there's no, now there's no excuses. In the past, for Kevin Smith, there were excuses. You know, 2020 was great, but then Baker got hurt in 2021. And then last year, you had Jacoby Brissett, and then Deshaun came in, and your offense was more tailored to Jacoby and not Deshaun. This time, you have no excuses. You got you got a bunch of playmakers. You got a bunch of wide receivers. You got you know David and Joke. You got Nick Chubb. You got guys that can that can help your offense out. You have a great offensive line, in my estimation. Deshaun is coming off of a full off season. He's he's healthy. You know there is no uh, there is certainly no excuses for Kevin Stefanski. So for him, it's it's make it or break it. It's show me that this that you can work with Deshaun and prove me wrong. Because again, I haven't seen it to this point, and uh, and he might be able to do it. So, again, I'm willing to give him that shot. I'm willing to give him that opportunity going into this season. But he has no excuses now. None.
1: We had John Doss earlier on the show. I was told uh, to tell you that John was up first, not you, Hayden, on this show. Okay. (laughs) He he wanted to pass that along. Uh, But I appreciate the both of you for coming on the show here, uh, Hayden.
0: I appreciate you, AA. Thank you, man.
1: All good, all good. Hayden Grove joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.